Another episode of today's medical sales leader, and I have somebody special with me here today. But my first question is this How does combining the world of medicine, business, and innovation enable us to make a bigger impact on healthcare and a positive change, I might add? So today I brought the expert on just that today, Dr. Keith Mathini. No, not quite. <laughs> yes, you are. So um, today, as everybody knows, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. We're so glad to have you. On today's Medical Sales Leader, we dive into the world of medical sales and bring you insights, stories, and strategies from today's industry leaders. I'm your host, Claire Davis, and in each episode, we're going to explore the dynamic landscape of medical sales and uncover the latest trends, innovation, and best practices that drive success from all angles. So today I brought in Keith because we have an interesting combination here. So we've got someone who is an exceptional Vanderbilt-trained otolaryngologist with a passion for patient care and serial business owner. So I'm really excited to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Claire. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So if I could introduce you really quickly, uh, for anybody who doesn't know Dr. Matheny, He's got an incredible medical practice out in North Dallas. He specializes in rhinology and sleep and leaves a profound impact on lives, but his journey does not end there. An early adopter of cutting-edge technologies and an inventor of groundbreaking medical devices, he's already founded two device companies, Septum Solutions and Auto... Um, make sure I'm saying this correctly, by the way. Yeah, we say... Autologic Solutions. Yeah, we say Autologic, but who knows? Tomato, Autologic tomato. Solutions. That's why I bring the experts. You're keeping me sharp. <laughs> and uh, he's really revolutionizing the ENT industry. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later today because he not only is helping patients, but also providers in the industry thrive as a whole. He's the founder and chairman and CEO of US ENT Partners, and he's pioneering a unique group purchasing organization, bringing significant cost savings to ENT physicians nationwide by ensuring top-notch efficiency. So uh, beyond these medical ventures, he co-founded Sleep Vigil, leading the charge in remote patient monitoring for sleep apnea care and creating new revenue streams for medical practices, as well as a jewelry company. So your impact extends to your community. I know you do a ton of volunteer work. You're always active on LinkedIn. So my question for you is how do you find the time to lead all of these industry changing initiatives? Well, it's it's busy, admittedly clear. But yeah. the, the short answer is I could not do any of these things without great teammates in every aspect you listed. Okay. Um, that's that's where it starts and ends, really. Yeah, yeah, that's it's incredible. We were just talking off camera about you know not just the incredible teams we have to that we surround ourselves with. I know you've had a lot of. Um, experience hiring and building teams, but also families too. So I'm really grateful to have you here today. And chiefly, the first thing that drew me to you was we had a conversation once, and I think the theme was, why in the world isn't there a business class or business-like classes for our physicians when they're training. And that's something that I've seen you develop. You know, you've got this real keen eye for opportunity. So my first question really is, when you're assessing different opportunities that you want to get involved in, how do you decide which one you're going to go after? And what is the overall reason for pursuing those specific opportunities in the first place? 
That's a great question. It's a great way to ask that. You know, I'm at this point in my career where I am blessed with a lot of opportunities. And the more I learn and the more I experience, the more opportunity I see. Hmm. But what I've learned in my old age is everyone has limited bandwidth. Even if you have a lot of bandwidth, it's not unlimited. And Hmm. so everybody, including yourself, is best served saying no to a lot of things and really being wise in what you choose to put your energy into. So for me, um, I guess my, my guiding light, my mission statement is what can really help my colleagues in the ENT, the ear, nose and throat space, and what can really help my patients have better outcomes. So when I talk about my colleagues, I, I think about them from a business standpoint, really. Um, your nose and throat, and really most physicians, it's a given that they're passionate about patient care. Mm. But even though we go to school until our mid-30s in almost every case, and that's if you go straight through, many people now go back to into healthcare professions later in life. So they're even further along, but have no business training. Mm-hmm. So uh, literally, I did school twice. So kindergarten through 12th, and then another 13 years after that, before I was unleashed on my practice, And I never had three semester hours of business 101. And then all of a sudden, we're unleashed on these multi-million dollar businesses. And as one might expect, they're not run very well. Uh, Typically, we as the physicians delegate those business management decisions to staff members that have been around the block for 10 or 20 years. And while they may know some things, uh, they also were trained in healthcare. (laughs) and not necessarily in business. And so many of my colleagues, especially now with the economic factors, I'm sure we'll talk more about that in a second, we just don't have the margin for error to run bad businesses. Mm. So when I think about opportunities, what I find myself choosing time and time again, and even some companies that I have on the drawing board uh, for the future, it really centers around that, is how can I help my colleagues Focus on patient care, which is what they want to do, mm-hmm. by helping them run better businesses behind the scenes, taking that off their plate. Yeah, I think one thing I I heard you say once was that you're you have this mission, which I think a lot of people are drawn to, especially in this specific field, because you want to make otolaryngology the best specialty from every angle. So can you? Break open what those different angles are and what that really means to you. Yeah, sure. So first and foremost, I want our specialty to be the best from a patient care standpoint. So, you know, the the devices and technologies that I've invented or, or, you know, helped invent with colleagues or other things that I study and test and, and help other people bring to market I want them to result in the best possible patient outcomes. So first and foremost is patient outcomes. Then very close second, as I mentioned a second ago, though, is I want my colleagues, I want the providers to view their own specialty as the best in medicine. And what I mean by that is a specialty that they enjoy practicing, where they have a myriad of tools at their fingertips to help patients have good outcomes to cure diseases or to at least improve quality of life. And while they're doing so to make a good living economically, so I'm talking about income here, Mm -hmm. 
and also in a reasonable amount of time. So they have plenty of time outside of practicing medicine for their family, for their hobbies, for their own personal renewal. But then it's even beyond the the patient and the provider, right? So I obviously I'm very friendly with industry. So I want the medical device and the pharmaceutical and the technology companies to be just as successful in this space too. Meaning because of a partnership with these providers, we're able to constantly innovate and improve what we're treating or, or bringing to patients for their better outcomes. So those companies are also successful. Um, even the, the dreaded insurance companies, the third-party payers that uh, usually are the butt of all the jokes, I want our specialty to be the best from their perspective, meaning the dollars that they spend on services rendered by otolaryngologists on their patients yield good outcomes, and they minimize complications or more serious diseases down the road. We care for so many serious things like obstructive sleep apnea, head and neck cancer, so many things. So I want it to be worth it for the payer. And even from the perspective, and Claire, you spend a lot of time in medical sales too, um, even from the perspective of who works within the field. So Mm -hmm. the folks in in our offices, from the front desk to the medical assistants to the mid-level providers and the specialists like audiologists and allergy nurses, but even the sales professionals. So I always have my eyes open when I have an excellent customer service experience at a restaurant or at an airport or who knows where. I'm always looking for someone that has that natural talent to see if we could use them in the ENT space. Um, And so I don't know that we've accomplished that yet, but ENT is an amazing specialty already from all of those angles, not because of me, I'm saying because of the collection of people that we attract. And do you feel like this specialty in particular has more of a runway to achieve this kind of vision than other kind of specialties? I do. Yeah, it's a great question, too. I've never been asked that, but I do. Outside of head and neck cancer, uh, most of the disease states we take care of are quality of life rather than life and death. So I really do think that goal is achievable. And while it's not necessarily life and death, sometimes that means it's more expensive, right? Mm-hmm. When when we're dealing with lifelong diseases, that's very, very expensive for the patient and for the payer. So take a couple examples. Obstructive sleep apnea, like I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Well, that's more than just snoring. That's more than just an inconvenience for your bed partner. That's a very serious disease where you're spending most of the night or a lot of the night with very low oxygen holding your breath uh, night after night after night, year after year. So over time, that has health implications head to toe from high blood pressure to strokes to cardiovascular disease to memory loss or short-term memory loss, dementia, but also has implications in the short term. Drowsy driving, we're we're really trying to raise the awareness that drowsy driving is just as bad as drunk driving. Wow. Think about that. And so um, that disease alone, any innovation we can make there is safe for society and and much better for the system. Think about something simple like ear infections and little kids. You know, when when 
the child is sick, they can't go to daycare, the parent can't go to work, that has major economic implications in several levels. Think about allergies uh, and medicine head. You know, it's a common uh, topic for pharmaceutical company marketing. You know, less medicine head, more medicine head. Well, that employee may be sitting at their desk, but they're not performing at their peak for mm-hmm. that company. Think about hearing loss and what we've seen uh, lately with the correlation with cognitive de- decline and dementia. And there's 50 or 100 other diagnosis that diagnoses cared for by an ENT doctor that meet the same criteria. And so I often make the case when I'm talking about this topic that our specialty is the most economically impactful that there is um, because these are chronic diseases, lifelong diseases that tend to have a lot of economic implications. And they certainly lead into so many other uh, complications, if not addressed. You know, I think um, mm-hmm. they they also sound like some things that people are willing to put up with and live with for too long. And then, you know, it's really hurting them significantly we, yeah. in the long run. We really saw that during COVID, for example, mm-hmm. when people were holding on to their cash or it just evaporated and people got really pragmatic about what they would spend their money on. So Mm -hmm. certainly for a period of time, elective cases were closed. I mean, we as a specialty were scared to practice our craft early in COVID. We heard all these rumors about, well, the virus lives in the nasopharynx, the back of the nose. And we would hear, well, everyone in an OR in China died after operating on a patient with COVID in Iran. And Mm -hmm. so you hear all these rumors. I don't know if any of them are ever substantiated, but, but after we made it through that, we were willing to perform these kind of cases, but the patients weren't because their quality of life. And as people were laid off or furloughed or, uh, you know, basically just cash disappeared for so many people around the world, mm-hmm. they put off treating these diseases and that now three years later, it has gotten worse. Hmm. So for, um, that's so, that's so interesting. And, you know, it's, um, it's amazing how long people are willing to live with things like that um, and, and truly how much more expensive it can be than to treat it down the line. Right. So if I were to, um, you know, if I were to put everybody on a level playing field, uh, private practice physicians and those who are in managed care groups, is this kind of growth and business growth and mentality available for everyone? Or is this really focused just on private practice physicians? And groups. That's a great question. Yeah. You know, when I think of USCNT, that particular company, that is a, a group purchasing organization, which what that is, is a it's a buying group like Costco or Sam's Club, for example. It's a, a large organization. We have hundreds, if not thousands of doctors that are purchasing together. So we have that buying power to work with industry to bring significant value cost savings but um also new you know business efficiencies new revenue opportunities but the answer to your question is that it really only applies to physicians that have the freedom to run their own businesses mm-hmm. so my colleagues that are in medical school situations or work for large health systems or uh, in the military etc they they really are more of an employee they don't have as much choice Um, on these kind of things. So 
where I can impact the most, I think, is what you're asking is is the independent community physicians. ENT is relatively small. There's the best we know. There's only about five thousand, maybe fifty two hundred community physicians like me. Uh, so people that are really free and clear, they're practicing in an independent private practice and make all the business decisions, good or bad, make all the purchasing and technology decisions, good or bad. Uh, <laughs> about, there's probably another 5,000 or more that are in different settings that don't have that freedom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for those who do have that freedom, I'm sure they, like like any practice, are no stranger to, um, you know, reps coming into the office and partnering to provide the care. And so for this show, you know, many of the folks listening today are going to be in some way touching the medical sales and healthcare field. Right. So do you feel like you have, um, you know, have you had a good experience with, um, with, with medical sales professionals? Have you found that opportunity to really partner with people or, you know, how can somebody from this, from these, um, from the medical sales capacity really come in and be a help to your practice and the business growth of your practice? Is that possible? Absolutely. By and large, I've had an excellent experience. Great. Again, um, Love that. from the provider standpoint, so being a physician, but also now having three, I don't even know how many sales teams I have, I think three, as their boss, basically, mm-hmm. is leading them. And what I counsel, every, I, I get the privilege of talking to um, a lot of young whippersnappers fresh out of their six or eight weeks of training before they're unleashed on, on selling to some poor surgeon, right? Um, <laughs> and what I always tell them, I I spend about 30 seconds talking about the technology they're about to sell. And what I talk about is how you sell, at least my humble opinion. And that's building a relationship. And it's nothing new to you, Claire. Obviously, you did it extremely successfully for a long time. And not just building a relationship on the golf course or at happy hour. I mean, really diving into that physician's business, understanding what makes them win, right? So there's a lot of people are twitchy talking about the business sides of healthcare because patient care is a sacred, it, our job is different than other professional jobs. What we can do in five minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes of our time, we can completely change somebody's life. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here in the afternoon and I think I did 10 roughly 10 procedures this morning, surgeries and procedures. Oh, wow. For each of those people, this was a major day in their life. Yeah. And I try never to forget that because to me, you know, a lot of them are are now very simple to do. I have a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. I I really try to remind myself every time, this is a big freaking deal for this patient. And like, this is a scrapbook moment for them when they had their tonsils out, when they had their sinus surgery. And for me, you know, it's for my colleagues and I become so routine. So I try to impress upon sales professionals that, but even more um, getting to know what makes these businesses profitable. Mm -hmm. So I I say that that patient care is a sacred thing, but we're not 
saints and we're not monks and we're not supported by some charitable organization. <laughs> we run for-profit businesses, although many of my colleagues are not making a profit. They're yeah. not running good businesses. And so when the, the sales rep understands that in ways to make that doctor win in business, that's a, that's what I'm talking about. That's a sticky relationship. Whatever widget or technology that you happen to be selling, that's a foregone conclusion that physician is going to buy that and be loyal to you Mm -hmm. because you're helping them. So let me give you two quick examples of what I mean. First, in the OR. All right. So just because of who I am with all uh, the device companies and clinical trials and things, I have such great relationships. And so everybody always wants to dispatch they're, they're people into my OR. So people make fun of me for always having my entourage, but it's, I don't view it that way. I view it as I'm a teacher. Like my mother taught first grade for 40 plus years. I view it as being a teacher yeah. and, and showing these folks um, so much about how the technology I'm holding in my hand got there and why it got there and what's good about it and what can be better. But what I have, the people that I stood out, if you asked me to list 20 names of, of the best reps I've ever had, it would be people that understood the whole OR. And your husband as a, as a surgical PA understands. So when something goes wrong with technology, a rep that can help the nurse and the doctor troubleshoot something that's from a different company. Yeah. Because they care about the patient. They care about that operation. They care about it getting done safely, completely effectively. Those people stand out. You know, in my case, um, when I'm doing a complicated sinus surgery, we use powered instruments. We use CT navigation. We use drug eluting stents. We use balloon. It's very complex. And what I just listed is probably about six different companies. Mm-hmm. And so those that can troubleshoot the other technologies for the care of the patient and the physician, those people stand out to me. Mm-hmm. But then in the office setting, you know, I think of the the sales reps that maybe they're selling something in the sinus area. And so they have the, they take the initiative to figure out what type of other specialists like allergists, primary care doctors, uh, pulmonologists that would refer patients to me for sinus problems. And they help to build those bridges. They help to build those referral networks, whether it's driving me over to their office and buying some sandwiches so I can spend 20 minutes with that doctor and say, hey, this is the latest and greatest technology I have for your patients. I would love for you to send some to me, whatever. So folks that are not directly focused on selling their widget, but they're focused on driving business to me that, oh, by the way, I will use their widget in caring for those patients, so they're going to win too. But they're about my entire practice. That's what I try to impress upon medical sales professionals. Um, and we all know the ones that are just purely transactional. Mm-hmm. And they may be fun. I mean, they may be a really good time on the golf course or at happy hour. But the ones that I remember from 20 years ago or I will remember 20 years from now are the ones that did those two things. They were about the entire case the, and the patient, and they were about my business. Yeah, that's powerful. And, you know, so it reminds me of a of a story back from when I was in the field and I was being trained by someone down in L.A. And um, this woman I reference a lot. She's still a dear friend of mine and she is um, 
has that mentality that you're talking about, whether it was learned or earned, I don't know, but she's she's just one of those folks who when there's such a complex and pressure cooker industry like this, it didn't seem to bother her. She didn't have this competitive edge where she wouldn't help beyond her scope. So I remember this one time we walk into Cedar Sinai and for whatever reason, there were so many cases that day. And in this case, we were collecting tissue for um, ovarian cancer in the OR for a diagnostic test. And there were so many cases that day that we literally burned through all the kits for our test. But there were still women who needed to have a test like ours or similar to ours done. And instead of saying, oh, no, like we we can't do it, we'll have to get you a couple cases and it'll take two days or I've got to run back to my house. The 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 surgical oncologist said, no, I want I want this done right now. And she said, absolutely, no problem. There's a there's a there's a test from Oncotype DX. We'll go grab it and I'll help you put it together. Exactly. as a young rep, as someone who's green, and for anyone listening here who's like, that lady was crazy, here's the thing. No, no, it reminded me, it was about the patient. She got dollars in business later. Oh, Not that she 100%. did it for that reason, but no. that made her so much more business doing that one thing. Maybe yeah. losing one or two cases got her yeah. thousands of cases later. Absolutely. Exactly and what I'm saying, yeah. It's It's about caring about what you care about, you know, that could be someone's mom or aunt, daughter. And that made all the difference. And I loved that. And honestly, I was so, so fortunate to experience that early in my career because otherwise really what you're taught when you're just going straight into a sales organization is you're taught how to sell, you're taught about your product, but it's almost like you must learn those things in the field. So I, I love that. I think that's phenomenal, phenomenal advice. Um, So just to recap what you just shared, um, first of all, be familiar with the entire case, even if you are not the EPIC trainer for that hospital, but there is an issue and the EPIC is having a problem. You've never grabbed that smartphone. Never, ever. Grab that smartphone. Start Googling. Help that op- help, help them out, right? Um, and I love that you talk about a way that medical salespeople can be a real asset by helping you to build your business. And again, the whole point of this is building your business connecting you to referring providers, helping you to have a thriving business as a physician means that more people get better health care, right? Greater access. Um, That's phenomenal. That's the point is there's no reason that um, we can't be successful financially, but that's not the central goal, right? To have better patient outcomes. It's not cutting costs, cutting services, right? It's making what you have better. And that's, I've never, I've never been able to tolerate reductionist type people that come in and just say, all right, well, we got to cut X million dollars here. So we're going to do this, this, and this instead of trying to make so many millions of dollars more. And then at the same time, oh, by the way, improving patient care and patient outcomes. That's a, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody winning. Awesome. I absolutely love that. You know, I think that it's really remarkable what you're doing in the industry. I think that this focus you have of growing it to make it a a top-notch, 
not just your business, but the industry and the specialty as a whole by helping with patients, helping providers, helping industry uh, connected businesses like those insurance pairs, right? Um, (laughs) I think it's phenomenal. I think truly it's the only way for private practices to grow and stick around and to heal healthcare in a broad sense, because if we can support our physicians and, and people like you who are really building businesses in healthcare, then it really does help every corner of it thrive. Um, so let me ask you this. If someone wants to find out more about you, more about what you're doing, way to, ways to partner with you, um, where would you tell them to go? Yeah, I'm, Thank you, Claire. I'm very active on social media, specifically LinkedIn. And I've made so many business connections like you uh, there and with so many other people. So I'm I'm easy to find on there, very active on the the messaging. Uh, Usually after I'm interviewed on one of these, I I meet some wonderful people every single time. So feel free to reach out there. Uh, Of course, you can find me at my practice in North Dallas as well. Collin County Ear, Nose and Throat is the name of that. Okay. Uh, those two ways. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I know that there is so much more we want to unpack in future episodes. So you guys look out for those because um, Dr. Matheny and I have more to do when it comes to today's medical sales leader. But thank you so much for your time. I know that you're a busy man and surgeon and you've got a, a packed day before this and probably after this as well. So we really appreciate you spending the time with us today and really it's breaking really this apart. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Awesome. And thank you, everybody. Make sure if you're listening to this episode, go find Dr. Matheny's profile. Make sure you connect with him and support him on LinkedIn. And thank you so much, everyone who joined us today for another episode of today's Medical Sales Leader. We'll see you next time. 